It is season two of the Startups and Fuckups podcast. Thank you for joining us for another adventurous season where we'll bring you the stakeholders in the startups ecosystem from across the continent. This podcast is recorded at the Norskin House Kigali and it's brought to you by BPR Bank Randa PLC as they power for you. This podcast now in today's episode one. Wow, 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 wow. We have a very interesting guest. And who is this person? Well, uh, the Time magazine named them one of uh, the 100 most influential people in the world. They are the people behind, you know, you've heard of it, the Angry Birds uh, game. Yes, Rovio, the company behind the Angry Birds game. They're also uh, the person, co-founder of an event known as Slash that brings together uh, the largest collection of venture capital in the world. Three trillion US dollars as of this year. And also the person behind the Helsinki Tallinn Railway Tunnel. You've heard of the tunnels. Uh, the likes of Elon Musk have talked about that they want to build. Well, someone is really, really building it. Who better than Peter Vastabaka, who is our first guest for this season's Startups and Fuck Ups podcast. Peter, thank you for making the time. Hey, yeah, it's great to be here. How is Kigali so far? It's been very good. Uh, I mean, only here for a few days, but uh, I'm sure I'm going to be back and uh, met with uh, a lot, a lot of uh, very talented entrepreneurs. So there's a lot of uh, young talent here in, in Rwanda. So I think that we can uh, make amazing things happen here going forward. And you're putting your money where your mouth is. Uh, interesting things that are really coming up uh, uh-huh. uh, early, early 2024 yes. already from you. But we'll dive in those uh, when, yeah, yeah. when yeah, time yeah. is right, right? Um, Peter, Angry Birds, uh, the phenomenon of mm-hmm. Angry Birds, uh, to many of our listeners, it's, it's what they can relate you with. Mm-hmm. I want you to take us through the story of Angry Birds. But before that, yeah, who is Peter Vastabaka? Yeah, so... Um, uh, Angry Birds actually, uh, or we should say Rovio started uh, all the way back in 2003. That was when uh, our friends at uh, Nokia, you know, another great Finnish company, they were still in the business of making phones. They had come out with the first smartphones. And of course, when you have new devices, new platforms, you want games. And I was working at HP, you know, the original tech startup uh, that Bill and Dave started in the garage in 1939 in Palo Alto, California. But okay, let's not go all the way back there. But I mean, I've have my like uh, share of uh, Silicon Valley experience. But yeah, so uh, working at HP, we decided to do a game making competition uh, for creating the best possible mobile multiplayer game because uh, multiplayer, uh, HP wanted to sell the servers and okay, Nokia had the smartphones. And then uh, Niklas Kim and Jarno, three young guys from Aalto University in Helsinki, Finland, they took part in the competition, won. And then after winning this uh, game making competition, uh, Niklas and guys came to me you know, and Peter, you know, like uh, we're students here at Aalto. Uh, we won the competition. Uh, what should we do? And uh, then I told them, you know, what I always tell uh, all young people, actually older people as well, uh, that uh, why don't you start a company uh, to do what you love to do, i.e. making games. Uh, I really believe that you should always, uh, you know, do what you love. And uh, yeah, that's how Rovio got started. Then it took uh, six years. And 51 games. And then the 52nd game that came out actually 11th of December 2009, also a long time ago now, uh, was Angry Birds. And uh, yeah, I mean, Angry Birds then, uh, uh, okay, slowly took off, uh, but uh, it be- became um, uh, a thing. So uh, so nowadays uh, there's like uh, 5 billion plus downloads of Angry Birds and it became the fastest growing consumer brand uh, like ever. And uh, we expand into animation, consumer products, uh, you know, like we were all over uh, the place. And 
then uh then uh, uh we we actually uh yeah expanded into many many areas and uh, we're always told that hey you know like you're a games company like what are you doing you're making toys you're making soft drinks uh, animations uh, movies you know you name it that you should focus and then uh, i always said that we're very very focused but we're focused on providing angry birds branded experiences in all forms and shapes for our fans so the focus was on the brand not like on a game and yeah it turned out uh, pretty well so uh, yeah then uh, 2016 left rovio uh, to work on bigger things and uh, now i'm here I wanted to go, still go back to uh, the story of Rovio and Angry Birds, yes. right? Angry mm-hmm. Birds was your successful or most successful gaming product coming yeah. out of Rovio, right? Mm-hmm. But before that, uh, you had tried with mm-hmm. different gaming products. Yeah. What was that journey like? Where did you feel like you actually fucked up? I mean, uh, again, my my kind of like approach to to uh, all of these like fuck ups and and like all of that is that uh, you know like you uh, you fail and then you know like you learn and then you move on. Uh, so, so I think that it's uh, uh, very important that you don't kind of like start dwelling on these, you know, that this went wrong and, uh, you know, like we failed and now we're probably going to fail again and like all of that. That's like, you know, like an ice hockey team that uh, goes there out to play and they are like already lost before they even start the game. So, so uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there are of course many, many kind of like fuck ups uh, on the journey, but uh, again, uh, you you fail, you learn, you move on. And I always say that, uh, doing, you know, anything. And I mean, that includes, you know, building startups or building products or doing anything in life. It's very similar to uh, learning to walk. I mean, it's not like we one day decide that, okay, now I'm going to stand up and I'm going to walk. But actually the way it goes is that you try to get up, you fall, you try to get up, you fall. And then, okay, eventually you'll figure it out, you'll walk and you'll even run. Uh, so so I think that this is also uh, very important. Like in the case of Rovio, 51 games, uh, and it's not like all of them were like failures or anything like that, but I mean, also the market changes around you. This was before the iPhone and like all of that. So so uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it's like learning to walk. So uh, basically nowadays we, or ho- hopefully we don't think back that, okay, you know, like I tried to get up and I, I fell, so probably I'm not going to learn to walk like ever. Uh, so, you know, that that's... Uh, a uh, bit my approach to like addressing the fuck ups that uh, you know like yeah fine it was a great experience but I know how to walk and run now so you know like uh, now I'm like looking forward not backward. I'm going to still go 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 back uh, somewhere uh, somewhere there in regards to the yeah. inception of Rovio right. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did this come to you? We've had the stories of Larry Page and all these other founders. The mm-hmm. gar- we've had the garage story quite mm-hmm. a bit right. Sure. Yeah. What is the Rovio story? Yeah, but I, I mean, as I, as I mentioned, uh, it came out of this game-making competition that I organized. And it's like as simple as that. And, and uh, uh, yeah, and, and uh, what I think is very inspiring about, uh, like, uh, Drovio story and Angry Birds and all that, that it started as a student project. And, yeah, then it became, like, pretty big. So, so um, that's also now, like, like, when I talk to students, you know, here in, uh, in Kigali or Huye or, you know, like any of the campuses, uh, you know, same thing that if, you know, three young guys from Helsinki, Finland can make Angry Birds, you know, there's no reason why three young guys, three young girls from Kigali couldn't do the same. Absolutely no reason. And I think this is also one of the things uh, like why I'm here is uh, to make that happen. And uh, I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, Finland, uh, Estonia, Sweden, you know, the finest Bay Area, we were not always the most successful startup region on the planet, but we made it so. And then who exactly, uh, you know, are we? Uh, you know, we the young people, okay, I'm like not that young, but uh, you know, like it's not all about age. 
uh, but in 2007, I gave a talk to 600 students at Aalto University about startups, about entrepreneurship and all of that. And then I asked the students, how many of you guys are going to start a company or, you know, join a startup once you graduate or even before? And in 2007, in Helsinki, Finland, uh, 600 of our brightest mind, only three raised their hand, meaning that they all wanted to go and work for Nokia, Kone, Wärtsilä, maybe even the government, you know, and, and uh, uh, big organizations. And if you didn't like look at that, that meant that they all wanted to go and, uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, keep up the status quo. Uh, you know, and, and if everybody just wants to like keep the status quo, we're not going to see any progress. We're not going to see any like new innovation. Basically, it's uh, a very, very bad like future. So we needed to do something about that. So we actually, together with a few friends, we started Slush in 2008. So we started Slush, which is now the biggest and best startup event on the planet. I mean, like last week at Slush, uh, we had over 3 trillion in venture capital. So biggest gathering of venture capital any given time anywhere on the planet, Slush. And it's in Helsinki in November. And uh, the Slush uh, brand, uh, you know, that is when you come to Helsinki in November, it's cold, it's dark, and there is slush on the ground. So it's not the Silicon Valley. It's better. It's much, much better because it's different. So, I mean, the world is full of these wannabe Silicon Valley, uh, you know, events yeah. and places. I mean, I was in uh, Dar es Salaam like last year <laughs> and there's Silicon Dar, short stretch of road where you have a few tech companies. I mean, nothing wrong with that, but Silicon Valley, I mean, I started my entrepreneurial journey there, you know, uh, as I mentioned at the company that Bill and Dave started in their garage in Palo Alto in, in California in 1939. Actually, what is interesting about the Bill and Dave and the HP story, Bill and Dave met at Stanford, their professor suggested that they wanted to start a company. Then they started HP, Hewlett Packard in their garage. And I actually had a good fortune to meet with Bill and Dave when they were still around. And they were fantastic entrepreneurs because not only did they start HP in that famous garage, but that's like the birthplace of Silicon Valley. So then, you know, a few years later, Sergey and Larry met at Stanford, and then they went to actually uh, Susan Wojcicki's uh, uh, garage uh, in uh, Menlo Park, I think it was, and they started Google. And and then Susan ended up running YouTube for many years later, but uh, another story. But then... Um, uh, after HP, Intel, Apple, you know, now we can't go through a day in our lives uh, without being touched by some technology and some products that have been created in Silicon Valley. So, you know, fantastic success story. But uh, then everybody wants to be the Silicon Valley of this, Silicon Valley of that. I mean, you go to Beijing, they will tell you that they're the, uh, you know, Silicon Valley of China. And probably, you know, I don't know if Kigali is the Silicon Valley of something, but... No, Kigali, uh, Kigali yeah. is Kigali. Yeah, okay, very good. <laughs> but anyway, so with Slush, I mean, we then decided that, okay, we organized it in November, as I said, cold, dark, slush on the ground, not the Silicon Valley, better, much, much better. And okay, how is it better? It's better because what we did with Slush, our ambition was not, or of course, what the ambition was to create the biggest and best startup event and, you know, done, delivered, but uh, the ambition was to change the mindset, you know, the attitude, the ambition of the young people, make them excited about starting companies and actually what that is all about, changing the world, you know, making the world a better place. And and uh, we put young people in charge. So Slush, yes, there was like 20,000 people, 160 countries and all that, but actually the whole thing is put up, you know, and it's run and operated by 1,600 young people who are there, not because somebody told them to be there, but they are there because they love to be there. They are there. They see the opportunity in that. Do they see the opportunity in that? Of course, of course. And I mean, the, the whole thing there is that uh, then, you know, they learn uh, by volunteering year, two, three years, 
how to build the biggest and best startup event on the planet. And then after that, they go out there and they build the biggest and best startups. And we have many, many examples of exactly that happening. So Slush is the biggest training program for uh, future founders, future entrepreneurs. So you learn uh, the mindset, the attitude, the ambition, and you know, like then you just go out there and you know that impossible is nothing. You can do anything. And, and that's uh, basically why the Finest Bay Area has become the most successful startup region on the planet because young people made it so. We didn't do this just slush, but we have student-run incubators, student-run accelerators, student-run VCs. And when I was actually at this event in uh, Australia, uh, the uh, West Tech Fest in Perth, uh, I was sharing the same story. And then I said, oh, does that mean that the students write the checks? And I said, yes, of course, that is what it means when you put young people in charge. So it's not like you invite a few, you know, like token young people to hand out badges and make coffee, but they actually run the show and that's how they learn and the results speak for themselves. And then this is kind of like what we want to do now. Uh, working so basically together. everything, yeah. even something as raising the money to run the event yes. is done by these young of people. Of course, everything. And then I was talking to the government here, a few of the ministers uh, here in uh, Kigali, And uh, my recommendation is that you should give less money uh, to these various activities, not more, because, uh, you know, that's how you learn. And, and when we started Slush, we didn't have any funding from outside. We had to raise everything ourselves. The young people made it happen. We got the money. And now it's grown to an event that uh, I think the budget is like 10 million euros or something like that. So, so uh, it can be done. But uh, if you just keep giving people money and yeah, please do a startup, please do an event, please do this. I mean, they will learn nothing. You have to have ownership. Yep. I mean, this is, and, and uh, entrepreneurs and, you know, startup founders, that's kind of like what we do. And if you, uh, you know, then have some kind of illusion that we can solve this problem with money, we can't. I mean, it's the same thing that if but, I, but yeah. that's, that, that's the thing that most yeah. uh, entrepreneurs, when you meet them, right, mm-hmm. uh, here at Northkin, yeah. when you meet so many of the young founders yeah. you know, across, uh, they usually tell them, what's your biggest challenge? And they're like, capital. Yeah, but that's bullshit. I mean, the I'm told that like I was in Jakarta this is already like many years ago and then I was told that Peter you have to understand it's so difficult to raise funding here in Jakarta and I said yeah no it's difficult everywhere come to Helsinki go to Silicon Valley it's difficult go to Kigali it's difficult everybody will tell you that it's difficult and it's complete bullshit I mean there's a lot a lot of money here in Kigali here in Rwanda okay is it being invested into startups maybe not so we need to then do something about that but uh, I think that Uh, even if we would now like throw, let's say, a billion or like some crazy number at the startups, we wouldn't know where to put it because we don't have enough startups, we don't have enough talent. So we, when we started Slush, uh, we didn't have, you know, like a, a big, vibrant local VC community. Now we do, but uh, that happened because we built a lot of very, very good companies. Rovio, Supercell, Small Giant Games. You know, Vault, Bolt, uh, you know, Spotify, yeah, you know, Skype back in the day, MySQL, okay, and Philom Create Linux and like all of these things. But I mean, like the thing thing here is that when you have uh, the best startups, the capital will come. And actually on this note, uh, one story from the first, very first slush, 2008. Mm-hmm. I invited uh, Risto Silasma, founder of F-Secure, uh, Montevidenius, uh, founder of MySQL, which was actually the same year sold for a billion to Sun Microsystems. So it became one of the very first uh, unicorns from our part of the world, Ilkka Paner. And so Ilkka was uh, running Digital Chocolate, but he then later founded Supercell, most successful games company like on the planet. And then we had Ilya Laos from Vilnius, Lithuania. And Ilya uh, shared his story. So... Um, uh, 
Rich Wang uh, from Axel. Uh, he had invested into AdMob. AdMob was later acquired then by uh, Google for 850 million. That became the core of the mobile ad business uh, that we still see like uh, by Google. And then uh, they noticed that uh, on this AdMob uh, mobile ad network that there's this company called GetShard. They're buying all the ads. And then Rich asked somebody to kind of like find the number and he wants to talk to the CEO. And then, um, you know, he calls uh, GetShard. And then somebody there picks up the phone and then uh, Rich says that I want to talk to your CEO. And then, hey, Ilya, Ilya, there's like somebody, you know, calling. And then Rich, you know, uh, gets on the phone with Ilya and, and he says that, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, like uh, Rich uh, Wang from Axel. And then Ilya is like, yeah, so like, uh, do you have a problem with your phone or something? Because, I mean, they were doing this like uh, jar file was like what you downloaded. So GetJar was the, like the original app store, if you will. But anyway, so then, then uh, you know, uh, uh, so um, Rich is, no, 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 that I, I am Rich Wang from the Axel Partners, the venture capital company. And then uh, Ilya says, yeah, so like, you know, uh, okay, so do you have a problem with your phone or like, how, what can I do for you? No, no, I want to invest in your company. And then uh, Ilya goes that, uh, yeah, but we're profitable. I don't need any money. And then, you know, like end of discussion. But then Ilya being, you know, like a very smart guy, he then, and he had studied at the, uh, uh, you know, Economic University of Vilnius or something like that. So he basically reads up on venture capital. What does it mean? And then he like realized that, hey, this could be like a pretty good deal that, you know, like uh, uh, we could get some like nice contacts in Silicon Valley and elsewhere. So then end result is that it takes like some, some months. And then uh, uh, I think that uh, Axel invested maybe like 8 million or something like that into, into GetJar. And, uh, but the point here is that uh, here we have Ilya Laos, in Vilnius, Lithuania, you know, kind of like you could say in the middle of nowhere, nobody has heard. And then, you know, uh, Axel, uh, one of the leading, if not the very leading, uh, you know, venture capital company from Silicon Valley, they will find you. So, you know, like all this argument that, oh, it's so difficult, bullshit. I mean, if you are building something that is good enough, you will find the money. First, you know, like from friends, you know, families, other fools. Yep. But then, then after that, uh, people will find you. And and I think that this is, you know, like uh, also that it's not uh, supposed to be easy. Not every startup, not every founder should be funded. I mean, okay, we have then these like uh, uh, occasions when, uh, you know, like we have zero interest rate and then people are throwing money at like everything that looks like a slide. But, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, that's not like normal. And I think that it's actually very good that it's difficult because that's kind of like how it works. And then the very best companies, you know, in times like this, you know, when the going is tough, the tough get going. That's how it goes. And, and uh, uh, I think that we can very easily like uh, address this like funding thing here in, in, um, in Kigali and in Rwanda and all of Africa. I mean, it's just like a question of time, but we need to build better companies. We need better talent and we need to kind of just uh, be patient and we need to kind of like get there. And that's kind of like what we, what we did with Slush and the whole ecosystem. If you look at the finest Bay Area today, and we are also, I mean, I always tell people that we're only getting started. And I mean, the same thing now, uh, we're only getting started here in, in Kigali, here in Rwanda, here in Africa. But uh, I have no doubt in my mind that, I mean, like five years from now, it's going to be amazing. Peter, who is Peter Avastabaka? I'm an entrepreneur from Finland. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> What's that one thing uh, that you feel like inspired or gave you that light bulb moment, that Eureka moment? That I have light bulb moments like every day. So, you know, like uh, uh, that's, that's uh, I mean, the world is full of opportunity. And, and I think that 
Uh, today I met with many, many uh, fantastic people here at Norshen and, and uh, like uh, outside and uh, the days I spent here, lots and uh, lots of like inspiration, lots of uh, new ideas. And that always happens. And for me, you know, it's always that uh, I love doing things. And I mean, for me, entrepreneurs are people who do. It's as simple as that. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, again, there are many, many uh, light bulb moments, if you will, uh, that uh, had here. And we, we actually did quite a few things already during the pandemic. And now we're kind of continuing this when we finally can kind of like uh, start doing things here on the ground. And we will. And uh, we're going to get a lot of stuff going already, like in January. And uh, you'll, you know, hear a lot more about that. But uh, I, I think that there's uh, uh, so much opportunity. There's so much talent. Now it's, it's, it's actually very easy. We just need to do a bit work on like the attitude ambition side. And then things will just like follow. What keeps you up at night? Nothing. I sleep pretty well. Okay. Thank you for making the time, Peter. Hey, thank you. And see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, cheers. Cheers. That was Peter Vastabaka, the founder of uh, the game that you play, Angry Birds, that's brought to you by Rovio Company. He's also the founder of Slash and the man building the Helsinki to Tallinn Railway Tunnel. Now, this was uh, episode one of season two of the Startups and Fuck Ups podcast. We have more interesting guests on the way so please continue supporting us subscribe uh use that hashtag startups and fuck ups or across all your social media platforms looking out for season two that will be coming to you in a fortnight this podcast is powered by bpr bank randa and it's recorded from north house kigali